You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Anita Marks with you on this uh, Wednesday, right? It's hump day, right? It's Wednesday night here on 98.7 ESPN. I don't know. These days just run together. I don't know about you guys. Uh, but that's what happens, uh, I guess, in the summer. It's so nice out. You forget what day it is, right? Uh, well, we welcome you in with you for the next three hours, uh, 7 to uh, 10 p.m. this evening, and a lot going on. Uh, let's kick it off with baseball right now and the Mets in action. Bottom of the first, already up 1-0 against the Reds. Um, Daddy Peterson, can we, But which, by the way, uh, Jake and Tom are producing the show tonight, so you'll hear them chime in throughout the show. Uh, is it okay to call him Big Daddy P? You can call him that. We're not going to call him that, but you can You're call him. You're not going to call him that? <laughs> Daddy Daddy Peterson? Hey, well, he just got out of a jam early, so you can call him whatever you want, but he, uh, <laughs> he got out of a, uh, he let up the first two guys, got a double play and a strikeout, so the Mets hold on to their one nothing lead early. There not, you go. So Mets bad. are... There you go. Mets are up 1-0. Now, keep in mind, uh, you know, I don't want to be a negative Nelly. I don't want to live in the past. But as we know, the Mets and the Yankees both lost yesterday to, like, bad teams, right? Like, especially Scherzer uh, just putting on a clinic. 11 strikeouts yesterday, uh, unfortunately. What was the total tally of ducks left on the pond? Did we say nine? Right? The nine. total was nine left on base, nine. and they were 0 for 8 with runners in scoring position. So if there was a runner on second base, they were uh, left on base for sure. Well, everyone was left on base, but eight with second or closer. Listen, I'm a team player, right? I'm a team player. You talk to anybody. I played organized sports. I played professional sports. You talk to any of my teammates. They love me. My offensive line loved me right? Like took them out to dinner at least once a week, bought them all kinds of stuff. That's what you do as a quarterback with your offensive line. Um, you know, I'm always like, you know, when, um, so, so just folks, if you don't know, uh, I played women's professional football for five years and I was a quarterback. So, you know, we'd lose a game. Maybe it would be like a last minute dropped pass by a wide receiver. Like I would never call the wide receiver out to the media, you know, like maybe I got pummeled a game. Like, I don't know, maybe like five sacks, negative 80 yards. I never threw my offensive line under the bus. I never threw a tantrum like Tom Brady does. Never did any of that stuff. But guys, if you're Max Scherzer and you go out and you pitch this gym last night, this gym of a gym, after being on the shelf for seven weeks, 11 strikeouts, man, you just, you put on a clinic. Aren't you a little like, damn, guys? Like when you get in that, like when you, <laughs> and think about, think about the feast that he bought for his, the minor league start, right? Like, but what were we talking about it last night? Bone in ribeye, lobster, God knows how many bottles of wine. The bill came out to be $7,000. <laughs> like, what do you think he would have bought this clubhouse if, if they just would have manufactured two runs? Can you just get two runs for me after this outing? And hey, Atlanta won yesterday. Watch out. Atlanta's creeping. They're really good. So uh, very, very frustrating night, I would imagine, for, for, for Max Scherzer. And just, you know, baseball pitchers in general, you, you go out and you, you put that type of uh, performance up and you get no run support at all. That's got it. That's got to eat your crawl. Don't you think? I mean, you got to hold it in kind of as a pitcher. It's like you were making the quarterback comparison with your offensive line. You got to kind of hold it in. If you let your cool out on the field, 
if you let it all out and you blow up, it, it's just not going to be a good sign because then you're going to take everybody mentally out of the game. So if you keep your cool, you're fine. You want to settle it in the dugout or in the clubhouse after the game, that's fine too. Just pick up your guys. Just say, hey, we can't have that happen. Just got to be on top of the game. I'm, listen, I, there's no denying that. It sounds like Max Scherzer is a top-notch guy. I, I, I'm not insinuating that he said anything. I'm just like, I'm just, I'm just saying, like, you know, athlete to athlete. You know that that's 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 gotta hurt when you go out and you have that type of performance, and um, and unfortunately you just you just get no no run scored. Uh, Max Scherzer spoke to the media yesterday um, after the game. First question was, how did he feel? Felt great. No issues whatsoever today. Felt strong uh, all the way through. Uh, never tightened up on me, so that's that's a good thing. It's a good thing. Don't forget, we had Stefania Bell on the show yesterday. Um, this this injury with his oblique that he's been dealing with, and, and the fact that he was on the show for seven weeks, um, you know, uh, very very serious injury in regard to re-injury. And Stefania Bell broke it down for us really as as well as anyone could. And you've got a ten percent re-injury rate in Major League Baseball, especially with starting pitchers with that injury. So no, no, no wonder he was on the shelf for seven weeks. He still has two more starts anticipated until the all-star break and then a nice all-star break and then comes back and hopefully that one-two punch with him and Jacob deGrom uh, will be ruthless. More, this is uh, Scherzer talking to the media, talking about what was he most pleased with. I was able to locate the fastball then, but most importantly, really felt like I had a really good slider tonight. Um, my rehab starts, uh, slider really wasn't breaking the right way. And over this turn, you know, in my bullpen, really, I thought I found something on my slider. You know, I knew I was going to need it against this team and was able to execute that uh, and make that adjustment. And I felt like that pitch really helped me navigate their lineup tonight. So again, Scherzer talking to the media. So what? where are we at right now with the Mets? Well, they finally got a run on the board. Uh, just uh, too bad it couldn't happen last night. Uh, 1-0 against the Reds. And uh, this is Peterson's first start after uh, maternity leave. Um, and he came back, of course, uh, after uh, after having uh, a new baby. So uh, so hopefully he can get a win. I'm sure this this start is uh, is uh, means a little bit more. You, you hear it like a lot of times players will come out and they'll like they'll dedicate a, a performance or they'll dedicate a start. They'll dedicate a game. Uh, to somebody, especially a, a newborn. So we'll see. Um, I like the Mets. I took them on the run line um, at uh, at minus one fifteen. Again, Peterson five and one with a three two four ERA. He's only allowed six home runs this season. Uh, as we know, this Mets bullpen is pretty solid. Uh, top top ten. I wouldn't say top five. I think they rank seven. Top ten in Major League Baseball with a three six one ERA. Their batting average is solid. As we know, two fifty six. As a team, six fewest errors in Major League Baseball for the Mets. And Ashcraft, who is pitching for the Reds, uh, he has given up a home run in each of his last four games. So who am I wagering who's going to hit a home run tonight? Who do you think, Jake? Who do you think I'm wagering to win a home run tonight? Well, last night there were so many different players. <laughs> it could be anyone in the league, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Hmm. What are you trying to say? What are you trying to say there, Jakey? Uh, well, we had a who last night? Schwarber and Reese Hoskins and, uh, hmm. What are you trying to say there, I'm Jakey? saying we got a lot of wagers. What did I say to you, Anita? A lot of the shows you're on have the word wager at the end of it. Um, I don't know. Why don't you tell the audience who you're I'm going, going Escobar. I'm mm. going Escobar with a home run uh, at plus 450. And also I, like I got him. I got him with an RBI at plus 165. So I'm playing both of them. 
you know, chances are he does get an RBI tonight, and if he gets an, if he gets a home run, well, uh, winner, winner, chicken dinner for me. Well, he did just uh, get so, a hit, but it wasn't a home run, but he did get a solid single as Thomas Nito drives one to the warning track, but nothing. But, again, we are waiting for the Yankees as well, who are currently in a rain delay. So, hopefully we have both New York teams getting some redemption tonight after what last night was not an ideal night versus the NL Central. Yeah, that's an understatement. Uh, And again, as you said, uh, the Yankees and the Pittsburgh Pirates on a rain delay. We'll keep you posted. (laughs) That's my favorite. I mean, I hate the music because it means the Yankees aren't playing, but (laughs) when I'm angry that they're not playing, this music definitely calms me down. So my man Tom on the board tonight playing some Yankees rain delay music. I appreciate that, Tom. So (laughs) calming me down that I'm not getting my Yankees fix at a – 706 but hopefully we'll get it soon here's the thing don't you think they're going to be itching at the bit to get back on the diamond Uh, like you know granted listen it's a long season you know uh, you know it's an ebb and flow to a season some guys are, are are cold some nights whatnot but like to lose to the pirates like you know, I just I think it stings more when you lose to teams like the Pirates and the A's and, and the Orioles. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like, I, I think, and, and, um, I th- and I think these guys can't wait to get back out there. Uh, that's why I really, really love the Yankees tonight. I- I'm hoping that this game won't be postponed. Um, I do have them on the run line at minus one and a half, and I also have them over five and a half runs. Again, they got embarrassed. I'm sorry. I know you're a huge Yankee fan, <laughs> yeah. Jake, but, man, they got embarrassed it last was, night. It was not Especially- ideal. Especially with, don't you think with Tayon going back home where his career started against the Pirates, maybe he put a little bit too much pressure on himself. Who knows? But, um, but man, it was a disaster. They lost 5-2. It wasn't even close. Mm. Didn't even come down to the wire, right? Didn't even come back like, oh, well, you know, Yankees trying to come back in the ninth and then, you know, all of a sudden, oh, they lose by one. No, well, I mean, they were, they were just, they were dominated. It's a little concerning when you look at Tyone and even Cortez as of late, they've kind of come back down to earth. And you expected that for the amazing start that they went off to. But overall, yesterday was the official end of the halfway mark of the 2022 season, 81 games in. And you really can't ask for a better start than what the Yankees had. They're 58-23, and 23, the best record in all of baseball. They have a 13-game lead over the second-place Red Sox in the American League East. And they've scored the most runs in baseball and have given up the fewest. So even though they lost to Pittsburgh yesterday, you know, it's going to happen in a long season. And through 81 games, the halfway mark, the New York Yankees have been the best team in baseball. Let's listen in. This is uh, Aaron Boone talking about why Taeyeon uh, has been struggling. Keep in mind, not just this game, but uh, the last two games uh, he's been struggling. Let's listen in. Just a couple more mistakes in a game, and tonight they, they hit it in the seats or for extra bases, they got them. Maybe just not quite as sharp with with some command things. That, that usually is his calling card. But, you know, that's also the ebb and flow of the season, too, where, you know, that, that's going to happen. So, uh, so Yankees obviously trying to get back into the win column uh, tonight, and and hopefully uh, this uh, this rain delay won't be too long. Severino's been great in June with a three three zero ERA. The uh, Yankees averaged five runs a game. <laughs> Didn't happen last night, but um, second best offense in Major League Baseball. Now they're going up against Keller tonight. That's who's on the bump for Pittsburgh. Uh, he's got a 5-14 ERA. His last start against the Nats, no bueno. Uh, gave up five runs in four innings. So he's definitely a guy that uh, that this Yankees lineup can get after. So hopefully that will happen. Only time will tell. Um, 
So again, uh, Mets in action. Uh, it is uh, middle of the second, and uh, the Mets are up 1-0. So Reds get an opportunity to come out in the bottom of the second and try to tie this. Hopefully they don't. Uh, the Yankees in a rain delay. Keep you posted on both those games. And um, Jack, I see you. You want to talk about the Nets and, and trades that are going on. When we come back, I will take your call. But there, here's where I want to go. I want to go to the NFL. Why? Big trade that went down today. And that is um, Baker Mayfield was traded to the Carolina Panthers. And uh, what did the Cleveland Browns get back? Well, they got a conditional fourth or fifth round pick, depending on uh, what, how much playing time Baker Mayfield does get. Now, here, here's where it's really interesting. This is where I want to dive into. Oh, by the way, Cynthia Freeland from the NFL Network is going to be joining us in 15 minutes. But here's where it really gets interesting. So, so it's, it's a conditional fourth or fifth round pick that Carolina had to give up. Now, keep in mind, Baker Mayfield, number one overall pick. Just ridiculous, right? Um, and, and, and Carolina gets him for a, a conditional fourth or fifth. So that, that's, that's number one. Number two, Cleveland has to pay 10 of the $15 million he's due this year. So it's only going to cost Carolina $5 million for him. Meanwhile, they're paying Sam Darnold 18, a little over $18 million, almost $19 million this season. Does money come into play? in regard to who potentially will be the starting quarterback. I know you're sitting back and going, wait a minute, Anita, are you kidding me? Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold? Baker Mayfield's absolutely going to be the starting quarterback. That's what I think. But apparently, that's not the scuttle. That's not the word on the street. The word on the street is it's going to be an open competition. But <laughs> you're just, and I'm going to use that word marinate, marinating this. You're going you're gonna to be paying a dude over $18 million to sit on your bench and hold a clipboard? Hmm. Hmm. That Sam Darnold, $18 million? I- I'm not buying it. I think Baker Mayfield's going to be the starting quarterback. So what say you will find out from Cynthia Freeland how this is all going to pan out. But also, this bodes well, in my opinion, for the Jets. A few things here. We still don't know what the discipline um, is going to be what, what the decision's going to be from the NFL and Sue Robinson based on the disciplinary hearing that took place for Deshaun Watson. There's some talk and speculation out there that um, the NFL is going to recommend or, or demand a year and, and that he will get a year. There's some people out there who think that he's not going to get one game at all. So even if he gets, let's just say, hypothetically speaking, let's just say he gets four or six games, bodes well for the Jets. Why? No Deshaun Watson, no Baker Mayfield, and it's going to be Jacoby Brissett as the starting quarterback for the Cleveland Browns. That's who their backup quarterback is now that Baker Mayfield is out. So Jets fans got to feel good about that. Again, sitting back and and waiting to see exactly what the ruling is going to be for Deshaun Watson. Very surprising. There are a number of people out there who feel that that, that there's a really good chance that the NFL is going to come down with zero, count them, zero game suspension. Carolina felt, and everybody there agreed, that they had to upgrade the quarterback position, that Matt Rule needed help. Now, I was told not everybody in Carolina was completely sold on Baker Mayfield when they first started looking into him around draft time, but they all came around to the fact that, okay, we have to upgrade here somehow. But owner David Tepper, he was waiting for a, quote, great deal. That's what I was told, that he didn't want to pay 9 or $10 million here 
$5 million ended up being the sweet spot. And it's sort of surprising that Mayfield actually took a little bit less, renegotiated his contract to get out of Cleveland, but that's how desperate he was to have a chance to play elsewhere. As Jeremy Fowler, not only, not only did he do that, he left his vacation early to come back to, to Carolina to, uh, to get a physical, to make sure that this thing goes through. Yeah, I guess I would too if I wanted out of, out of Dodge, out of Cleveland. What, what, what a poop show that is. What a mess. 800-919-3776. Uh, we'll get to your uh, Baker Mayfield calls in just a second. I want to go to Jack. He was the first caller on board. He wants to po- talk about the nets and the trades and, and the rumors that are out there right now. Uh, Jack, welcome in. Good evening. How you doing? You're first up. What you got? Thanks, Anita. How you doing? A lifelong Brooklyn, New Jersey Nets fan. I go back to like Ed O'Banning, Chris Morris, Dennis Hobson, lottery picks. We, you know, forget it. 30 years of torture. But uh, so, of course, like everyone else, I was excited when we got these these uh, these players. And then this is year three of watching Kevin Durant play 88 games in three seasons. And Kyrie played, I think, 103 games in three seasons. And the drama and the aggravation and, and Steve Nash being the inability to coach. So I'm, I'm not as, as down as everybody is because I, I really just got tired of watching this, you know, the, the, the constant uh, the drama. So the, the trades that are coming in, I'm kind of excited about it. I mean, I, I, I think we're going to get an incredible haul. I think in the NBA, you get old very quickly. If you're going back about four years, uh, you could probably say who are the top power forwards in the game. All NBA players, LaMarcus Aldridge, Kevin Love, uh, Blake Griffin, they all had all NBA players, all NBA uh, teams on their resume about three to five years ago, and they're all minimum players now. So Durant's going to be 34. He's only played 88 games in three years. You're going to get a haul because he's entering a four-year contract. There's no no trade clause. He is an incredible star. You know, watching him when he does does play, I've never seen anything like it on the net. You know, he's just a different level player. So I expect a big package back, and I'm looking at what uh, uh, Phoenix. I would love to get Aiton, Bridges, and Cam Johnson, who I think has star written all over him, all under 25 years old, or to go in with Ben Simmons, who I think is going to have a very good year. With Cam Thomas, the two number one picks last year, Sharp and Thomas, and whatever other picks we get from, if we get Phoenix, I'm excited about it. I think they're going to get a good trade, a good haul. And if we don't, I'm not, I'm not opposed to running it back with the same team. Plus Ben Simmons and Joe Harris. You're getting the one of the top three point shooters ever in the game. Curry's going to be back with the top three point shooters ever in the game. They're both top four ever. And then you're getting Ben Simmons. Uh, we, we forget Ben Simmons is here's, a three-time All-Star. Yeah, here, here's, yeah. What the, here's what the problem is, Jack. And, and I appreciate the phone call, but, but, but there's, there's a lot in, in what you just said that unfortunately cannot materialize. Um, the, the Nets, and really no team in the NBA, could have both Aiton and um, Ben Simmons on the because uh, they got an extension off their rookie deal. So if you bring in Aiton, you have to get rid of Ben Simmons. So, uh, so there's that. Um, and, and I don't think that's going to be an easy thing to do, uh, for the Nets to dump Ben Simmons. I really don't. I I think, you know, I, I had Mark Spears on the show yesterday and I I think I agree with him. I, I, I think, I think the best deal would be to get all the supported supporting cast from the Golden State Warriors, Wiggins and Poole and Looney, um, and, and Weissman and, and with, with a few first round unrestricted first round draft picks, send Katie back to Golden State and keep in Golden State Curry, Clay, and, and Draymond Green and just give the Nets all that young, phenomenal supporting cast with some first round draft picks. 
I think I think that's a win-win situation for both both teams, uh, and, uh, and and as well as KD. I just don't know. There's some apparently from from what Mark Spears had to say, uh, some mending of some fence is with uh, with KD and Steve Kerr. Uh, but we're talking about Baker Mayfield right now. We got Cynthia Freeland from the NFL Network who's going to be joining us momentarily. Uh, let's go out to our phone lines. Jose, you want to dive in? You want to chime in on Baker Mayfield? And, and the trade that went down today. Of course, he was on vacation. He's traveling to Carolina. He's going to physical tomorrow. That physical he has to pass in order for this trade to, uh, you know, be confirmed. But nonetheless, Baker to the Carolina Panthers in exchange for a conditional either fourth or fifth round pick. What say you, Jose? I think, uh, first off, good evening, Anita. I hope you're well. I think it's a very good thing. Yeah, great. I think it's a very good pick for Carolina, and they're sneaky good. Their receivers, Moore and, and Richie Anderson, was a Jet. I'm a huge Jet fan. I remember him playing. They're very good receivers. If McCaffrey could stay healthy, Carolina could shock some people. Um, they're in a tough division with the Bucks and the Saints right there, but it's it's poised for May, uh, Mayfield to have a comeback season, maybe even possibly a most improved player. They have a great defense. So if things go well and McCaffrey can stay healthy, you know, I don't know what happened with the locker room and all the talk about, you know, Baker Mayfield and how, you know, the players didn't want him there anymore. I know that he was a gamer. He went out there and played hard. He played hurt. Um, he wasn't treated ideal by the rest, by, by the front office there. I can understand he may not have handled things the correct way, a little immaturity there. But if he's grown up a bit, can be the type of Baker Mayfield we saw early on in his career, and he could utilize those those pieces. And if McCaffrey could stay healthy and they could come come back and play the type of defense that they played last year, that could be a really sneaky pick. They could surprise a lot of people. That's my feelings on it. Um, from a human element, you know, karma, you know, Cleveland, Deshaun Watson, that's a real icky feeling for me. I would just love for them to have a better season in, in the wins column than Cleveland. Thanks for taking the call, Anita. You got it. Um, so, so a few things there to, uh, to unpack, um, Baker Mayfield, I'm not Baker Mayfield, uh, Christian McCaffrey has only played, um, what was, what was the number? Hold on one second. I want to make sure I get it right. He's only played 20 games since 2020, Christian McCaffrey. Only 20 games since 2020. I think you hit the nail on the head. So important. Christian McCaffrey, one of the best, if the uh, top five player, just all around player. In, in the NFL. He, a big reason why Carolina has not been great as of late. 20 games since 2020. He needs to come back and be healthy and have a good season in order for any quarterback back there to have success. Uh, let's go to Colin in Red Bank. Colin, welcome in. Hey, how are you? Um, so I think this is going to be fun to watch. I, I'm a, a Giants fan, so I'm not soon going to forget that Ben McAdoo once benched Eli Manning for Geno Smith. So I don't put it past this man at all to play Sam Darnold over Baker Mayfield. Uh, I really don't. He's an unpredictable guy. And so, you know, the fact that he's the, the offensive coordinator over there, it's anybody's bet who's going to play uh, quarterback this year. Yeah, listen, here's the thing when it comes to Ben McAdoo and, 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 you know, solid call by you, even knowing that Ben McAdoo is the offensive coordinator because there's so many people who are like, where's Ben McAdoo these days? Um, you know, Ben was a, a very good offensive coordinator. Um, horrible head coach. 
but very good offensive coordinator. And that whole Geno Smith, um, from my quote-unquote sources, wink, wink, that was more of a Jerry Reese decision than it was a Ben McAdoo decision, uh, from, from what I understand, from what's been communicated to me. Just FYI. So, um, Anita Marks with you on this, uh, on this Wednesday night. A lot going on right now. Unfortunately, the Mets are losing yet again to the Cincinnati Reds 2-1. It is top of the third. Um, also, rain delay for the Yankees and the Pirates, but we're being told that game should be st- starting momentarily. 7.30 p.m. Uh, is, uh, is, is supposed to be the start time. So we know it's just a little after 7.30. So hopefully uh, the Yankees and Pirates will get into some action uh, here soon. Big news today. Again, Baker Mayfield traded to the Carolina Panthers in exchange for a conditional fourth or fifth round pick. Cleveland will pay $10 million of his salary. Uh, Carolina pays five. And um, and he's was on vacation. He ended his vacation early to head to Carolina. He's got to pass a physical in order for um, all things to check off. Joining us, good friend of mine, does a phenomenal job always on the NFL Network, and that is Cynthia Freeland. Cynthia, good evening. Hi, hi, hi. How are you? Hi, it's great to talk to you. I know, it's great. I know, this is nice to have you on on a weeknight. Usually join me, of course, on the weekends, but uh, breaking news here with uh, with Baker Mayfield. Kind of anticipated that he was going to go to either Carolina or the Seattle Seahawks, two teams in need of a quarterback. Uh, your thoughts on uh, on him going to Carolina, and, uh, and, and what are your expectations? Some people feel that he won't start, that Sam Darnold will be the starter. I just, I, I find that hard to believe, but, uh, but what say you, Cynthia? You know, I love this move for a number of reasons. One, I, I'm so mad at the Browns. I want them to get swindled like every single way possible. So that's the first thing. And second, and I, I love that they have to pay 10 and the Panthers are getting him for five. That's a really swift move by Scott Fitter and their team. So I'm really happy. I like the comeback story. I like the potential for Look, Baker's not he, – he won a playoff game. Like, this is not a person who, like, you know, is worth nothing and whatever. Like, it didn't work out there. We've all been in situations where things just didn't work out. Sometimes you just need another chance. Yeah, I like Sam Darnold, and, I, I, of course, like, I want him to succeed as well. But I think in this case, in this situation, you know, the, the Panthers, Matt Rule and company, this could be their last season if they don't kind of pull it together. So they've got to give themselves any opportunity to really – make a mark on this season and save their jobs, et cetera. And this was the best way to do it. So I'm, I'm very happy for them. And I hope Cleveland has no quarterbacks. I like Jacoby Brissett, but it's not his fault. He's there. Um, th- there is a lot to unpack here. Uh, first things first, let, let, let's, let's talk about like, okay, granted, you know, I do expect him to pass his physical. Now you've got Baker. Now you've got Sam. You and I have both been covering the NFL for a long time. We know how much money and contracts mean in regard to decisions that are made on who's starting and who's not. Uh, This is a team that's paying Sam Darnold over $18 million. This is a team now that's only paying um, Baker Mayfield five because Cleveland's picking up the other 10. Do you feel that that is going to play a role in in who they decide is going to start? Do you feel that this is going to be an open competition between Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield, how do you how do you see this panning out, Cynthia? Remember, the the Sam Darnold contract is a little misleading because last year they only paid like they paid under a million dollars of Sam's contract last season. They extended him eighteen, so that basically means they paid about 
you know, under 10 for him each of the two years. That's how they view it. I talked to them about it last year when they were doing it and the decision to pick up that fifth-year option just because it actually was a they, – they're buying themselves an, a, an option for the future. $10 million is about, you know, not even great backup money at this point. So it's not really that cut and dry with the 18 and the 10. It's a little more nuanced than that just because of the way the rookie pay scale works and the timing of the contract, et cetera. So I think it's an open competition, but I think Baker will be the starter come week one just because I, I believe that – you know, I, I think that what they're thinking here is they need to see what they've got. It is Cleveland that they play week one. You're really going to sit Sam Darnold when you've got angry Baker Mayfield looking to avenge his former team week one. I mean, maybe if it weren't Cleveland, I would feel a little different. But, like, go out there and kick their butt. I think that's what's good. You know, that's what they're going to be thinking. Yeah, I, I'm uh, – <laughs> I can't wait. Talk about – talk about the, think about that. You've got um, Russell Wilson – in the Denver Broncos going up against Seattle week one. And now you've got Carolina and potentially Baker Mayfield being their starting quarterback going up against the Cleveland Browns week one. What, what, what an unbelievable week one it's going to be in the NFL this season, right? Yeah. And then remember you also have Raiders and Chargers. I remember that last game between Raiders and Chargers was the one that if they tied, they both would have gone to the playoffs, but no, 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 no. That's not what the Raiders did. (laughs) Got a lot of revenge going on here. Yeah, really, really do have a lot. Uh, you mentioned Matt Rule. This is a must-win season for him, even though they did uh, go out and draft a rookie quarterback. Um, ben McAdoo is his offensive coordinator. I've already had a few Giants fans call into the show and say, what do you realis- realistically expect for uh, for Baker Mayfield? Ben McAdoo is going to be his offensive coordinator. Listen, Ben was a good offensive coordinator here. That's why he was given the head coaching job. Wasn't a great head coach, for the for for of course the uh, the the Giants, but was a good offensive coordinator. Your thoughts on how this offense is going to work? It's really important, as I said before. Christian McCaffrey, he's only played twenty games, Cynthia, since twenty twenty. So obviously his his health is going to be really really uber important. And I also need to see Iki Aquanu, their first round draft pick, their offensive line fortifier. If he has, starts out strong, I mean that O line was not good. So that's going to be a big deal as well this year. So when I look at this team, it's not Ben Matthews. Like, look, I'm, if I'm a Giants fan, I'm, I feel the same way that they do, right? Like, because nobody likes that. Like, you know, I'm a Lions fan. I can talk about Matt Millen and GM choices for as long as whatever. And you and I both worked with him at ESPN, one of the nicest people you could possibly work with. So it's all relative, and it's all relative to what's happening in the scenario. There's not one person that makes the team break the team. The head coach has to take responsibility because the captain and the ship and going down some whatever captain goes down with the ship, whatever that, that adage is. So I think that Ben McAdoo, it's all going to be a matter of does everyone understand what they're on that staff? Do they understand their roles? Do they have the ability to do the things that make them each great at their jobs? And if they do, then he's going to be great. I did think it was a little funny that they were like, we're going to make this flashy hire. It's going to be so different and interesting. And then, like, and it's Ben McAdoo. Everyone's like, what? Like, just because the way they sold it was a little weird. But, you know, I think at the end of the day, I, you're right. He is a good offensive coordinator. And what do they have to work with? That's really going to be the key to all that. People keep forgetting about, you know, they see Robbie Anderson being a little bit snarky or whatever. But you forget, like, you've got, like, DJ Moore. You've got, like, a lot of people on that team that we kind of don't talk about as much in addition to – a potentially healthy Christian McCaffrey. So, you know, I, there's a lot to like about this team. It's just, it's, it's going to be interesting to see 
you know, obviously quarterback is the one thing that they need to solve for before they solve for all the other ones. Again, Cynthia Freeland joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. Um, you know, in, in regard to the Cleveland Browns, you know, a lot of talk uh, this week and uh, in, in last week, of course, with the disciplinary hearing that took place. Sue Robinson's going to take her time. You know, Cynthia, there are a number of people out there who feel that there is a possibility that zero game suspension is going to come down. Again, I, I know you're yep. out there in California with the NFL Network. I know you're really, you know, you, you've, you've got your ear to the ground. You hear a lot of things. You know a lot of things that are, are, are inside. Are, are you hearing the same thing, that there is a possibility that, that Deshaun Watson will have zero game suspension? Yep, I think, look, everything's on the table at this point. And honestly, no matter what happens, it's going to be unsatisfying in part, and I blame the Texans for this, they obscured what was going on. They obscured the investigation. There's no, like, there's no answers, right? Like, we don't have a clear enough picture of, like, because there's accounts of this, accounts of that, and then there's all these different things. And, and now, several years later, it's very hard to get at the truth. I mean, I, the whole thing is it's going to be unsatisfying, meaning in the sense of, like, Where's the opportunity to like learn the lesson here and become better human beings? And then you saw that press conference where Deshaun Watson was completely in over his head with answer. He was not, he had not been thoughtful or remorseful. It just like came across really poorly. The owners weren't even there. There's just a lot of things that were botched in this in so many horrifying ways that I just don't know. You know, he could get none. I would be equally surprised if he got none or a full year. Like, honestly, I are equally not surprised, I guess, if he got there's there's no answers because everything was so obscured. It's it's uh, it's it's going to be wild. And, and apparently we're, we're we're not going to know until, you know, a day or two before training camps open. So um, so I'm it's going to be hot. Would you say? <laughs> I don't want to be. A, I don't want to be on TV that day. I have nothing to say. I'll talk about Amari Cooper. I like that kid a lot. <laughs> there's nothing. To, there's just nothing to say about that. It's like, there's. It's going to be. Um, there's going to be. Like, I don't know what the right answer is because it seems impossible to get at the right answer. I'm so glad I don't work on any of those committees, and I'm not a lawyer. Like, this is why I was not meant to be a lawyer because it, I would be like, "What's the truth? I need the truth. <laughs> I can't handle this." <laughs> Again, Cynthia Freeland joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. Um, so, some other news that uh, potentially is, is going to um, kind of pan out, reveal as we get closer to the trade deadline, and I'm fascinated by it, and that's the 49ers. I know every time you're on this show, I talk to you about it uh, because, I, again, more and more people are saying, oh, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be traded. Yeah, that shoulder is healing. He's going to be gone. But you and I are on the same page here. I just, I've got a hard time believing it because everything that I'm hearing is that Trey Lance is not ready to start and help this team win right now. What's the latest on Jimmy Garoppolo and the potential trade from San Francisco? I mean, there is no latest. They're not saying anything. They don't need to say anything. I'm with you. I think he's a, I actually think, I think he's a starter week one in San Francisco. And I think, there's no, I, I don't even think it's up for debate there. Like, I think it's already decided. They, and they don't feel any need to tell us anything because, number one, they don't have to. Like, why? They don't have to. They, if they've chosen to keep him, they're, whatever, they're not, they don't, they're not obligated to tell us who their starter is yet. So, I mean, it's really, it's fascinating to me that it just feels like some sort of shenanigan. Like, it feels like 
Like, are you a lot? Like, they've been saying all along, blah, 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 blah. Not our guy. not our guy. And then I'll, and they never traded him. And then, I mean, selfishly, because I'm going to the Seahawks for training camp. I just found that out. I kind of hope he's up in Seattle, but it's almost impossible. I mean, an in-division quarterback trade is just not going to happen. But, I, you know, I'm, I can, a girl can hope. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, uh, really, really is going to be interesting. And, and that's really kind of, you know, the other remaining teams, the other 31 teams, you know, we, we kind of we know. I mean, yeah, there's going to be some quarterback battles and, and, and whatnot in some teams, but not many. And so we know exactly, uh, you know, all the 32 starting quarterbacks pretty much for the most part. And any other storylines you're waiting to see revealed or break before training camp opens? Um, I think. If I were a, you know, the, if I were a betting woman, I think we see a female president come out pretty soon. And I think maybe in Sin City, they get a female president. And I think we're, that's going to be pretty cool. That would be pretty awesome, I would say. And you think, and you think that's going to be, you, do you think that's going to be revealed uh, sometime soon? I do. I do think that's going to be revealed sometime soon. And it, it, sometimes we'll take some positive stories wherever we can. So, but this one's awesome, and it has, it's it's going to be it's going to be a cool one, I think. If I were just if I were speculating, completely speculate. Mm-hmm. Fantastic, great stuff as always. Uh, I, I adore you. I love every time I, I ask you to to come on. You always do, and you're in, and you're so great. And I so appreciate you, my friend. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, friend. Hope to see you soon. Nina Marks with you on this uh, on this Wednesday night here on 98.7 ESPN. Um, let's talk some let's talk some Yankees here for a second, uh, because Hal Steinbrenner spoke to the media earlier today. I was hoping that we would get the audio clips uh, that we could play, but unfortunately we cannot. I think he just spoke to the, the print media, unfortunately. But a few things, uh, you know. The media, this was his first time speaking to the media this season. And so obviously, you know, they, they asked him about Aaron Judge's contract situation. And he came out and he said that uh, they're not going to talk about the contract again until November. The most important thing is this team continuing to win. Hopefully they beat the Pirates tonight. We know they didn't last night. Um, he talked about the importance of, uh, you know, Houston, and uh, and and how that's going to be a, a huge obstacle for them uh, in uh, coming out of the American League. I think we're all anticipating that to be the American League um, uh, division battle to see who's going to represent the American League in the World Series. He talked about that, but here's where it got interesting. Two comments he said, and Jake, I know you're a big Yankees fan, so I'm, I'm curious to get your thoughts on this. Number one, Hal told the media today that he had no regrets on the initial offer for Aaron Judge, which, let's remind you, was 7213.5. Okay? Now, with the, with the agreement with his salary this season, keep in mind uh, the Yankees came in wanting to pay him 17. The Aaron Judge camp wanted 21. They agreed to 19. So, so right now, then that deal would have been somewhere around 230. Okay. So first things first, he said, quote unquote, no regrets in regard to the initial offer that the Yankees 
offered Aaron Judge. And now here's where it got even more um, uncomfortable for me. Okay. And <laughs> he said the offer that they made to Aaron Judge was based on what he means to this organization. So just marinating that for a minute. Two things. No regrets with the initial offer of 213.5. And the offer was made based on what he means to the organization. I don't know about you, but if I'm Aaron Judge and I hear that, <laughs> okay, that's what I'm worth. That's what I mean to the organization, 213.5. When I, 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 am, I am crushing the American League MVP right now. Like, no, but like nobody's got a chance of catching up to him, right? Like, like done. Stick a fork in it. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. See you later. Especially if he continues to play like he's playing. And 213.5? is what I mean to the organization and you don't regret offering that to me in the beginning of the season, especially how I've played so far this season. Like those two comments do not sit well with me and I'm not even Aaron judge. (laughs) So I'm curious, Jake, and and let's open up the phone lines. 800-919-3776 Yankee fans. I'm curious, you know, does this was a, do you agree with how B was this a wise thing to say, knowing that the fact that Cashman already threw out the numbers to the public that didn't sit well with the Aaron judge camp to begin with some mending of the fences that need to be need to take place. If you think for a second that Aaron judge is going to be taking a hometown discount, especially after those comments, Am I am I am I reading too much into this, Jake? Or you agree with me? So there, there's a few things. The first thing is with the no regrets. I know this is a little off topic. Have you seen the movie Where the Millers, where the guy gets the tattoo No Regrets? He spells it wrong. That's what I'm thinking of when I hear that they have no regrets. Of course they have some regrets because they cost themselves easily a hundred million dollars if they keep Aaron Judge. But to your point. I think that both sides should be kind of happy with how this played out. $100 million to me, of course, is something that I probably will never see in my life. But to the New York Yankees, who are the world's most valuable sports franchise worth $5.25 billion, that's not a lot of money. And if you look at that contract, out of that $5.25 billion that the Yankees are worth, I believe that Aaron Judge is worth more than $213 million of that $5.25 billion. And I truthfully believe that the Yankees do too. But they didn't want to overspend, which is what they've kind of done in the last few years. But I truthfully believe that they want Judge to be a Yankee for life. I believe that Aaron Judge wants to be a Yankee for life. So I know money talks, and if someone offers Aaron Judge one of those Robinson Cano-type deals where it's too good to not take, I understand that, but if it gets to that point, I think Aaron Judge in a weird way becomes kind of not the villain, but if the number and the years gets to a certain point, I think Yankee fans will understand why the Yankees won't match the offer. If some team offers Aaron Judge 10 years, 
$400 million, I don't know if Yankee fans would want the Yankees to match that. He's already 30 years old. Would they want the Yankees to be paying him $40 million at 40 years old? I don't know. It's a really weird situation, and I don't know if I've ever seen an athlete kind of cash in like this at the you know perfect time. And I know Tom's a big Yankee fan as well. Tom, do you think that Aaron Judge or the Yankees are going to have a problem at the end of the season? If they're going to have a problem, Jake, it's going to be because of the numbers that you were just mentioning. Is he going to make $400 million? I don't think so. I, if somebody offers him $400 million for a guy who's going to be 30 or 31 next season, they're out of their mind. That's he's. I don't know if he's worth that type of money. He certainly isn't. So I think they just got to meet in the middle. Like, they know what... Aaron Judge knew what he was worth going into this season. The Yankees thought that was a different number. Now, the Yankees are going to be in a different position going into the offseason. They were kind of in control, but now with the way Judge is playing this year, he's the one that's going to be in control. He's going to the one that's going to cost them a ton of money if they do want him to play for the Yankees going forward. So it's just going to have to take some meeting in the middle. If he really wants to be a Yankee for life, he will agree to some terms that can help the team out a little bit. However, you're right, Jake. If he's offered like a Robinson Cano type deal where it's too good to pass up and the Yankees don't want to match it, then... Yeah, this will be the last season Aaron Judge is going to be in pinstripes. Here, here's the thing: he wants to be play, he wants to be paid like like Mike Trout. If you sit back and you said, "Well, why not?" You know, you know, he he's putting up just as good, if not better, numbers than Mike Trout. Okay, but you know, and 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 I've been saying the same thing you just said, Jake, and that is he's 30 years old. He does have injury history. Okay, this is this has been a very outlier season for him. Um, he invested in himself, and sure enough, at this stage in the game, he is winning. But do you want to be paying a guy $40 million um, when he's 40 years old? No, you don't. One thing that I suggested is, okay, pay him $40 million for the next seven years. Typically, if you look at, at, at Major League Baseball stats um, with, uh, with Major League Baseball players, their statistics start dwindling down around 35, 36, 37 years old. Okay. So make it seven. Like, I think that would be a fair. We're paying you more than Mike Trout. Mike Trout is making $36 million. We're going to be paid. We'll pay you more than Mike Trout. We'll pay you the $40 million a year, but just for seven years. Because we don't feel that, you know, when you're 38, 39, 40 years old, that, you're, that you know, your, your productivity is, is, is not going to be worth the, the, the 36, 38, 40 million dollars. Uh, that we're going to be paying you. So we're looking at like a $280 million deal for seven years. I think that's very fair. And you make him, and, and you make him, you know, one of the highest paid major league baseball players. And you definitely make him paid higher than Mike Trout. If, if, if that's the player that um, he is eyeing in regard to his yearly salary. I'm with I that. Think, I think, I that think that they, would be fair. I, I think that would be extremely fair. I think if they give him more money for less years, I'm totally with that. But let's be fair. They actually had a graphic during the rain delay. We were watching the Yes Network. They had a graphic of, I know everyone kills Joey Gallo, and rightfully so. It said his last 13 games, he's batting 0-31 with 18 strikeouts. But it had a lot of the Yankees who were kind of ice cold, including Aaron Judge, who over the last 11 games is only batting 128. So maybe some of that leverage is going down a little bit. I know he's still probably the MVP of the American League, but 
again, over the last two weeks, he's kind of been a little colder. Again, it's kind of hard to stay as hot as he was. He's on record to chase Maris, but I don't know. We'll see how the season – it's a long season. You know, everyone says now, like, oh, the Yankees are dumb for not giving him that contract. The same people would have been calling up if Aaron Judge – if they did give him a huge contract and if Aaron Judge got hurt the first month, those same people would have been calling in saying, the Yankees are idiots. I can't believe they gave him this contract. You know, we saw in the past he hasn't been healthy. So, I don't know. It's easy to say now that the Yankees messed up, but – I think the Yankees aren't really that upset about it. They're getting MVP production out of Aaron Judge this season. Uh, again, I'll open up the phone lines, 800-919-3776. These comments just don't sit well with me, um, especially knowing that the majority of calls that I have fielded all season long when we do have this this, this discussion about Aaron Judge's contract is that the majority, I'd say 85 to 90% of the Yankee fans who, who listen to 98.7 ESPN call in. And, and, you know, they can't, oh, man, got to sign Aaron Judge. Can't let him go. He's the face of the organization. Uh, I had a caller the other day call and say, well, we owe him from the lack of money that we've been paying him the, 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 the previous years. So we, we should pay him, you know, we should pay him the 10-year the ten $40 million because we owe him from what we didn't pay him when he was overproducing. I was like, all right, that's... Good thing you're not a general manager, dude. Your team would be a, a, would lose if that's your mentality. You can't have that mentality. It's not about what you did for me in the past. It's what are you doing for me right now? Right now. So, and these comments from Hal, just to me, whoa. Like, I took a step. I, I, I had to read it twice. Like, wait, wait a minute. Did I read that correctly? I just can't, I just can't see these comments sitting well with Joe. Not that him and I are on a first-name basis or anything, but nonetheless, no regrets with the initial offer that the Yankees made to Aaron Judge. And number two, and this one, I don't, man, I had to read this three times. Um, w- the offer we made was based on what he means to this organization. 213.5 in seven years when the dude wanted 10 years, 30 mil? Mm, mm. Yeah, it's not sitting well with me. What say you? Let's go to Al in Maplewood. Al, welcome in. Good evening. How you doing? I am doing great, Anita. It is so great to speak to you. First time I've been listening to you for years. So uh, happy to speak. I don't think he's coming back. I don't think the Yankees are going to make that matching offer. And here's why. The Yankees are the Yankees. They're worth $5.2 billion. They'll be worth $5.2 billion if he's not there. To them, it's a, it's a numbers game. Why pay him when the additional value he'll add to the team isn't that much? Let's be real. Are they going to sell more jerseys if they sign him? They're going to sell jerseys whether he's there or not. People are still going to buy Judge jerseys. Are they going to build a new revenue stream because he's, not, you know, he's there? It's the Yankees. They're not changing the stadium to build a new restaurant or something. Now, the Mets, what he'd do for the Mets in value, totally different story. So I don't think he's coming back. I think he took a good gamble. I don't think the Yankees gambled. I think they looked at it and said, yeah, $5.2 billion already. What more can he do? 
but let me let me ask you, Al, before you let you before we let you go, and, and just out of curiosity, I mean, am I reading too much into Hal's comments? I understand what you're saying, and you're like, well, Hal's speaking the truth, right? No regrets in regard to our initial offer, and number two. We we made an, him an offer based on what he means to the organization. Like I, I understand what you're saying. Like Hal said, what you know he's 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 speaking the truth. But if I'm Aaron Judge, I'm saying to myself, well, I, I feel that I, I mean more to your organization. I feel that that I I I'm I'm I, I have more value. Like I, I should be paid more. Like like I just I don't want to I don't want to use the word the phrase slap in the face, but. But I would imagine if, if, if these comments get back to Aaron Judge, which I believe they will, I'm sure the media tonight uh, after the post game is, is going to present this to Aaron Judge and ask him what he thinks about it. This would not sit well with me. Would this sit well with you, Al, if you were Aaron Judge? It wouldn't, but you hit it right on the head. You, you paused right at that statement. I think it's a deliberate statement. I think an honest owner, somebody who's a businessman, will make an honest decision about something, unless he wants to do the fans a favor. You know, like, let me just do this for the fans. But from a value perspective, what's their reason for adding him? The reason some other team may decide to add him? Oh, my goodness. What he would do for their television rights? Are the Yankees going to sell more cable? No. It is what it is. So for them... Not as much incentive. I totally understand what the owner said. Uh, appreciate the phone call, Al, and appreciate the, uh, the the compliments as well. Thank you so much. Um, again, I mean, maybe I, listen. I, I've been called the drama queen before. You know, am I am I reading into these comments from Hal? Am I making something? Am I making a mountain out of a molehill? Um, maybe that's why I'm asking. I don't know. Let's go to Matt in Queens. Matt, you're up. Welcome. Good evening. Hi, hi, Anita. How are you? Great. I hear you playing. I hear your golf game is pretty good this year, so I'm excited about that. How, how did you hear that? Who's 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 talking you're, about you're me? You're on the that? radio. You're on the radio all the time talking about your golf game. Come oh, on. I know oh, so you? I know so you're I thought. Oh, I th- I don't know, Matt. I thought maybe I thought maybe you knew you know somebody who like you know played with me and and no, was, I don't. Was, was, I don't was know talking about how great my golf you. game is. I actually I have a match. So I'm playing in a um, I'm playing in a match play event, and I've got a I've got a match tomorrow morning against a gentleman nice. named a gentleman named Dan. I'm getting seven strokes. You're so, giving him seven strokes? No, he's giving me. He's giving me. Oh, he's, he's giving, giving you seven strokes. Yeah, he's giving yeah, me don't, seven. Don't you drive? Don't you drive it like two fifty? Isn't that the kind of drive that you get? Yeah, out but there it's not. But the- listen, it's it's not about it's. Listen, you know, you drive for show, Matt. What do you do for dough? I know. You putt for dough. I, I know. Listen, I'm a golf. I've been playing golf 30 years, so I know all about golf. If I, Matt, the, the, the story of my game is if I could just learn, it's not my putting. I don't know how to read greens for the life of me. Uh-huh. And when I play with a caddy, when, I, break, when yeah. I play with a caddy, I break 80. When I play with a caddy. Because my, and, and I'm, you know, I've, I've played organized sports my whole life. I, I'm I'm a good listener. I follow direction. Caddy tells me put it right here. I put it right there. Or the ball goes in. I play with a caddy. So I break with a caddy? I don't. I just I can't. I can't read greens I, for the life of me. I can't. That's that's that, that's well, that's I'm the sorry, weakest part I'm of my sorry game. Sorry to hear that. Yeah, yeah, it's the truth, are, man. Are you it's playing true. with a caddy tomorrow? 
I am not. Uh-huh. All I right. am not. Well, I wasn't sure. Maybe I should inquire if, if I could hire a caddy to come and read the greens for me. I, I'm, I don't know. I don't know if I can do that or not. But anyway, Matt, well, you, I'll, I'll uh, you, you called what, in, I'm, I'm sure, not to talk about my golf game, to talk about Aaron Judge. No, what are your thoughts? No, I enjoy it. No, what I want to say about Aaron Judge real quick, and by the way, I'll, I will caddy for you on a Friday, Saturday, or Sunday if you play. I would be honored to caddy for you, and I can read greens very well. Oh, wow. Okay. That's a nice offer. Well, I'm not going to carry the bag, though. I mean, I'm just going to drive the cart. I'm not carrying a bag. I don't, I don't, I walk. I'm I don't take a cart. I, I walk. I don't All take right. a cart. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll take a cart and put your clubs on the cart and drive the cart. And you can, okay. You, you, you can, can be my four caddy. You can be my four caddy, <laughs> okay. Matt. Okay. Anyway, about Aaron Judge, no one's mentioned this yet, but it's the obvious point. If he if he bats one fifty in the in the playoffs, he's worth nothing to the Yankees. Okay, because the Yankees are going to sell tickets during the season no matter what. So if he doesn't win the World Series for them, he's not worth anything to them. Nothing. He's only worth newspaper space and and radio talk show space. That's it. There's no value there unless he wins the World Series for them. He's got to hit home runs in the World Series and bat, you know. 300 or whatever, and get a walk-off home run that wins the World Series or whatever. Otherwise, he's not worth anything. Nothing. And I'm not even a Yankee fan. I'm a Mets fan. But you talk to any Yankee fan, they only care about the World Series. Right? It's World Series or bust with the Yankees. We all know that. Yeah, so that's pretty much Judge what it is. You're right. Win, right. So if Judge does not win the World Series and then lead the team with home runs and defense, all the stuff to, to win a World Series, he's not worth anything to them. Nothing. Matt, thanks for the phone call. Appreciate it. 800-919-3776. We've got more calls coming in. You guys want to talk about the Yankees. I'll continue to talk about the Yankees. Why not? Uh, again, Hal Steinbrenner, his comments today just uh, just don't sit well with me. Who am I? Sports Talk Radio host here on 98.7 ESPN. I'll tell you what, though. Um, if they're eating my craw, I'm sure. I, I have no doubt. Uh, this gets back to Judge. I-, I wouldn't be surprised. You know what? Here's the thing with Judge. He's such a class act. Isn't he? Isn't he, though? I have the the way that, that and I'm I'm media, okay. This is what we do, right? You know, we we want that reaction. I have no doubt that. And and listen, it it it, it may have been during BP. I, who knows? But at some point in time, there's going to be a media person who's going to say, "Hey, listen, how said this X, Y, and Z." And, and I'm sure Aaron, class act, he's, he's not going to feel the fire. He's just going to say, probably say no comment. I'm not talking about that until November. I've got nothing to say. I'm focusing on, on winning ball games. You know, heck, you know, we, we, need to, we need to beat the Pirates who are 33 and 47 on the season. Um, I'm, I'm sure there, there, there won't be anything said here. But I just, I don't know, just... What he means to this organization is, is seven years, 213.5. Okay. Okay. The Yankees are in action. That's right. Bottom of the first. No score yet. Uh, rain delay. So, um, oh, top of the second. Sorry. My apologies. Uh, top of the second. Still no score yet. Um, also, uh, Mets and, uh, and Reds. Uh, Top of the fifth, Cincinnati still up against the Mets 3-2. Um, and uh, Mets are up. Alonzo is actually on the plate. And, oh, okay. And, uh, and and he just doubled. 
So, uh, so now we've got Alonzo on second. So hopefully uh, maybe this inning, the Mets can tie it up. That would be great. Also, did, uh, Jake, did you take a look at the Angels Marlins? Um, I saw your boy Otani has some strikeouts going. So my best bet tonight. So Otani had a birthday yesterday. I want to say 28, if I remember correctly. And, um, so it yep, did not he just have a great, 28 just yeah yep. did not did not have a great game yesterday but uh is pitching for the angels today and uh, his strikeout rate is up five percent this season um he just he's got a slew of strikeouts already and oh by the way the marlins are ranked 10th in major league baseball in regard to strikeout rate so my best bet tonight on daily wager was um otani over seven and a half strikeouts he's got seven right now He's pitched five innings, and his pitch count is 62. So I'm feeling good. I just need, Jake, I just need one more strike, dude. I'm rooting for you, for sure. I'm always rooting for you with all your bets. But uh, here's actually, we talked about this a little bit yesterday with Otani's birthday, Um, something I told you you weren't too aware of, but um, Mike Trout, Otani's teammate, is actually a beast on his birthday. He actually has hit home runs on his 21st, 22nd, 24th, 26th, and 29th birthday. He's, so he, when it's his birthday, you know Mike Trout is going for that long ball. And Mike Trout is actually, he's on a pretty short list of players who have hit five home runs on their birthday. Todd Helton, Chipper Jones, Derek Lee, and Al Simmons have five. And then there's only two players with six on their birthday. And one of them we just heard audio from a little while ago. Alex Rodriguez, an absolute monster on his birthday. Six home runs. And the other one... It's kind of funny. It's a guy who's been on several teams, kind of a journeyman, but Mark Reynolds. He played 13 MLB seasons, kind of me growing up. I remember him on like 15 different teams, but apparently Mm -hmm. on his birthday, he was a monster as well. So Otani kind of getting his start for his birthday and doing a very good job with the strikeouts tonight. Let's uh, continue with your calls. We're talking all things Yankees right now. Um, Let's go to Anthony. Anthony, welcome in. Hey, Anita. Um... Basically, Judge thing. I mean, you're never going to get a millionaire like Steinbrenner, and he's wrong. And even if, you know, obviously, if he offered him a little more money and he takes it, it's going to be cheaper than what he's got to pay him this offseason. But then you throw in the fact that motivation is a real factor. If you pay Judge, do you get the same production? I mean, that's my question. And he's always just one injury away from being done for the season. So, I mean,. We'll see what happens. The Yankees got money. If they got to pay him, they'll pay him. But you're never going to get a millionaire like Steinbrenner when he's wrong. Anthony, you, it's, <laughs> thanks for the phone call. I, you know, you make some excellent points, but you say it just like so matter-of-factly. Like, uh, you know, uh, he's just one injury away from the season being over, you know. So uh, <laughs> let's go to Lonnie in Long Island. Lonnie, welcome in. <laughs> Good evening, Anita. How you doing tonight? Great. Yeah. Well, um, my Yankees, I said a month ago that the Yankees, they can't hit. They have no 300 hitters. Carpenter's probably the best hitter right now. And Judge, I have no confidence in the, in the, in the clutch. He strikes out too much. Stanton, Gallo, oh, forget about it. I mean, the whole team, they don't – the Yankees need at the top, the leadoff guy, they need a 300 hitter plus. Or, and at the, the, seven and, uh, the seven, eight, nine, they need those guys to step up. They need some for all those strikeouts they have. In the, in the postseason, it's only going to get tougher. The pitching is going to be better. And they're not going to beat the Dodgers, those tough teams that pitch. They're not going to beat them. 
And I don't see them getting out of the American League. I don't see them beating Boston any of those teams or Toronto. Toronto could hit. Boston could hit. I mean, it, it's unbelievable. All these guys, they can't hit. Judge, I, I mean, when I, I cringe when, when it's like two outs and it's one and two. I, I just go out of the room because I don't want to even see it. I know what's going to happen. I mean, I love him. The guy's good when he's on. But when he's not concentrating, standing too, when they're not concentrating on that ball, those guys cannot hit. Curve you know, ball, Lonnie, foot out of the strike zone. They're swiping a foot out of the strike zone. They're swinging at that stuff. Lonnie, you know, you're, 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 you're speaking the truth right now. I appreciate the phone call. Uh, this was a topic earlier tonight on Daily Wager. Um, the Yankees beat the Dodgers in the World Series. It's, it's that matchup, and it's that result. You can wager that right now at 20, 12 to 1, okay? 12 to 1, and this is the most likely matchup, right? This is, this is the least odd. This is the least amount of, you know, the odds that you're going to get with a World Series outcome. Yankees beating the Dodgers, okay? And, and so, so the, the question was, would I lay that bet right now? And I said no. And for the reasons that, that, that you know, Lonnie just, just communicated, and, and, I'll, and, and I'll go one step further. Number one, this Yankees rotation has struggled as of late. I mean, we saw what happened with uh, Taeyong yesterday against his former team. Nasty Nestor, yeah, his last outing was pretty solid, but two before that, not so great. The bullpen is some concerns. Yeah, Chapman was okay last night, but nothing outstanding. Uh, in regard to this lineup, you're absolutely right. When it goes to Stanton, Judge, and Donaldson, they struggle against strong right-handed pitchers. And that's who they're going to be seeing in the postseason. And that's who the Houston Astros have. Starts with Verlander, Garcia. And then the tail end of the, of the lineup, I don't want to spend a lot of time talking about it because I don't believe that Gallo, you know, I don't think it's going to be Gallo and Hicks uh, when this team gets ready for the second half of the season uh, after the trade deadline and, and as they get ready to, uh, to head into the postseason, I don't think uh, the, the lineup that we're seeing right now will be that lineup that will be um, taking the field uh, in, in the postseason. But still, as of right now, um, some major concerns. And then first of all, you know, okay, Dodgers, Yankees, well, they have to get past the Astros first. No guarantee that they can do that. And... On the flip side, you know, the Dodgers have to get past the Mets. So my answer was no, but nonetheless, uh, that that wager is out there. Let's go to Stu in Jackson. Stu, you're up. Welcome in. Hey, Nita. How you doing? Um, I'm going to make it real quick. These two negative nannies that just talked about the Yankees. The truth is, is that he says Judge doesn't do anything. If they don't win the World Series, nothing. What about Trout? Nobody makes a big deal about Trout. And also... The truth is, I stopped watching baseball five years ago, and now I'm watching it again to the judge. That's all I have to say. Okay, that's fair. That's fair, Stu. And what about Trout? You know, he, he, he had a dip when, um, when his fantasy football league was exposed. If you recall, well, it's funny with like Trout and Otani, who we just mentioned. Like before the season started, when the baseball list came out of the best baseball players in the league, they were the two best players in the entire league, and they've fallen off the face of the earth. They've lost four in a row. They've earlier this year, I think they had a 14-game losing streak, and now they're in fourth place in the West. So this is a weird sport, unlike base uh, basketball, where if you have two of the best players in the league 
you're going to make the playoffs. The two of the five players on your team on the court are dominating the game. But it's just so weird with the Angels, with Trout and Otani, arguably the best and the second best player in all of baseball, and they're just so bad year after year. It's a great point. Trout never makes the postseason. I don't even think Trout has won one postseason game. So it's yeah, really. But it's, I mean, but but it's it's a it's a team sport. No, I'm not. I'm not saying it's. If they had nine, if they the had nine Mike Trouts and nine Otanis, they would definitely. But it's just interesting to see that they spent all this money on Trout, and they haven't really been able to build around him to give him the success that you know he deserves. He does. He's such a great player. He's arguably the best player that a lot of people my age have ever seen, and it's just really interesting to see that. They have so much talent with these two guys, and they just stink every year. Um, you know, uh, I'm looking at their rotation right now, and and, and out of Otani, uh, Sandoval, okay, Syndergaard. <laughs> I was betting on Syndergaard the other night. You were like, I need to don't do it. Well, we and remember when he faced the Yankees. We all thought he was going to coming back to New York was going to dominate, and he was terrible. He didn't even last like three innings. So Ex- exactly, and he's the third guy in their rotation. So, um, you know, it's, 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 it's a team sport. Can't do it with two guys, even though they arguably are, are, are the two best players in Major League Baseball. Uh, let's go to Anthony. Anthony, welcome in. Anita, how are we doing? Great. Good. First of all, about this Mike Trout conversation, Mike Trout is easily the best player in baseball. He's, got, he's gone through one slump in his career, and it's been the last month and a half, two months. He's not playing up to par to what Mike Trout is, but – Anyway, that's besides the point. My point is on the Yankees. So I think they need to get a front-end starter somehow, some way, part with some of these young guys that you've had that you could have dumped. You could have dumped Clint Frazier when he was younger. You could have dumped Gary Sanchez when he was younger. I, I know that's, you know, obviously water under the bridge now. They're, they're gone. But my point is they need a front-end starter. They have the Weisinger coming back. They have Herman coming back who can start some games. They have Britain who may come back this year, which would, which would, you know, the, the bullpen has is a rag, is a, uh, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? The, you know, they're, to riches? they're full of riches. Yeah, right. sure. We'll go with that. I'm sorry. So, you know, my, my thing is they, you know, they need to, they need to add a starter. I, I, I'd look at like the Luis Castillo, you know, buy low on him. Um, obviously, like you said, I couldn't agree more. The back end of the lineup, you know, is a problem with Hicks and Gallo. That's, you know, that's been all year. I'm not going to bore everyone by, you know, by bringing that up because that's what every, you know, caller does. You know, I, I appreciate you taking the call. Love listening to you, Nita. Have a great night. Thanks. You got it, Anthony. This is Click. 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 Or don't. Very simply, here's the headline. Are you interested in clicking or not? All right, it's time for Click or Don't Click, a fun way we take our tour around our wide, wide world of sport and find out what is trending at 8.50 p.m. on this Wednesday night. We let our producers lead the way with the headlines out there. And we've got, of course, Tom and Jake who are producing this evening. So, gentlemen, what do you got? All right, so we've talked a lot of baseball tonight. We also mentioned... Baker Mayfield, the big trade. So we thought we'd talk some NBA to start Click or Don't Click off. And we have mentioned all the drama surrounding the Nets, but there has been a couple of other big stories breaking in the NBA today. 
The first one is pretty interesting, and we've seen some really big contracts given out in the NBA. But this one, Bradley Beal agreeing to a five-year, $251 million contract to return to the Wizards is definitely a big one, the Supermax, but this contract is actually way more unique than expected, according to your cousin, Bobby Marks, who works for ESPN. I know he's not your cousin, but anyway, (laughs) Washington is actually giving Bradley Beal a full no-trade clause, which makes Bradley Beal the only player in the NBA right now to have that in his current contract, which is really shocking to me. And when he actually signs the deal, Bradley Beal will only be the 10th player in NBA history to have a no-trade clause in their contract, joining players like LeBron James, Kobe Bryant, Tim Duncan, Carmelo Anthony, Kevin Garnett, Dwayne Wade, David Robinson, and John Stockton. So quite a list for Bradley Beal. What are your thoughts on Bradley Beal getting this no-trade clause in his contract? I want to know who his agent is. Well, he actually, your your cousin Bobby Marks, your cousin Bobby Marks in his tweet said, negotiated by Mark Bartlestein of Priority Sports. So there you go. (laughs) There you go. I mean, listen, Bradley Beal's good, but like, is he that good? Well, the funny thing is, he's not not going to last five years. Like, again, we've talked about what does a contract even mean anymore? Kevin Durant has a four-year contract, but all of these contracts seem... I would bet if I had $251 million in my bank account, which, spoiler alert, I don't, I would bet all of that that in five years Bradley Beal will not be in Washington. So I don't know. Of course, now he can decide where he goes to since he's the only player in the NBA to have a full no-trade clause, but it's just the NBA, (laughs) when you don't think they can get any weirder or stranger with these contracts or the, the buzz going around it, Something like this happens where Bradley Beal now is the only player with a full no trade clause. Unbelievable. Like I said, like, you know, uh, like, you know, that's 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 a contract that I would expect LeBron or KD or Giannis um, or, you know, Devin Booker or somebody like that to acquire. And again, with all due respect, like I, I think Beal's is good. But, you know, do I have him as the upper echelon? Uh, in the NBA, I, I absolutely don't. So kudos to his agent in, in in his rep, for sure. What else you guys got? All right, Anita. So the NHL just released their upcoming schedule for the 2022-2023 regular season, which will Woo! start on October 11th of this year. Now, they're kind of breaking from tradition a little bit. because the rain, Because the reigning Stanley Cup champion Avalanche are not going to be on the league's opening slate because their arena, Ball Arena, was previously booked for a concert on October 11th. So the Avalanche will play the next day on October 12th to face the Blackhawks. But, Anita, there is one notable team that you and I may have heard of before that Mm -hmm. will be playing on the opening slate, and that is an Eastern Conference final rematch Excuse me, between the Tampa Bay Lightning and the New York Rangers, which, of course, you can catch here on 98.7 ESPN. Oh, that's great. That's that's a, that's a strong way to start the season. Oh, absolutely. Hey, what were you gonna say? We 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 on daily wager. I want to say it was last week or two weeks ago. As soon as the Stanley Cup was over, we were talking about futures bets, and I, I want to say that you can get. Just I want to confirm. Hold on, I want to call it up. But like you know, how how can you not want to put money on this Rangers team heading into next season? Right, like um, young now. 
you know, uh, ex- having having the experience they, got, they, they got. had as far as they did, as far as they went into the postseason, having arguably the best goaltender uh, in Major League in, in in the National Hockey League, uh, Rangers twenty to one, that, that twenty like to really one to odds. win the Stanley Cup next year. I think that exactly. I think those are some really great odds. I talked about it on, on Daily Wager. I want to say it was last week or the week before. Like, how are the, how are the Rangers twenty to one? Here are the teams that are favored in front of the Rangers: the Avalanche, Avi, um, Toronto, Tampa Bay, Florida Panthers, Las Vegas, Hurricanes, Oilers, Minnesota Flames, Penguins. So, um, so that's that's where the Rangers sit. Uh, I'd 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 walk to the window. Maybe I'd run to the window and put some 20, 20 to one down on the Rangers winning the Stanley Cup next year. Anyway, um, good stuff. Uh, you got one more for us? Yeah. So just wrapping up another NBA story. So summer league is actually back. So it feels like basketball didn't really leave us for too long, but summer league made a return. And one guy that certainly has made some headlines is Chet Holmgren from Oklahoma City Thunder the number two pick in the draft, and what a game he had last night. It was an absolute masterclass. And if you look at him, he's so thin. He's only 195 pounds, and he's seven feet tall, so he looks extremely thin. But last night, he actually had six blocks, which was a Salt Lake City Summer League record. So he's already kind of you know, made his imprint on the Summer League. Six blocks and four three-pointers for the seven-footer. And a lot of people are talking about him like he might be, you know, this new kind of hybrid player where you're seven feet tall, you can block, you can shoot threes, and he might be maybe one of the best young players. I know it's only one summer league game, so it's way too early to say that, but a lot of people think that this kid is legit and might be one of these new players that kind of changes the league. You know who crushed it in the summer league? Who's that? You know who crushed? You know who crushed in the summer league, and we were all like, "Ooh, oh, Kevin next Knox, Kevin Durant, Kevin Knox." Yes, yes. Come on, come on, I, I Jake. Remember. I know. I'm, I, I said it. Come it's on, one, it's not just summer me. league. I know. I, I get it. But he, Chet Holmgren, definitely has a lot more potential, I think, than Kevin Knox. I don't think. I think that I was. Just, <laughs> listen, let's let's be on, I, let's be honest here. I got it right. <laughs> Terrible. Let's let's be honest here. When you see him play, do you, I mean, I just, what is he, like a buck 15 soaking wet? Like, like I don't, how's he not going to get manhandled in the paint? Like, how's he going to stay <laughs> Against a guy like Joel Embiid, paint. Embiid's going to eat him alive. But I, of course, he's only 20 Embiid, years old. He's going to get bigger and Giannis, stronger without, without a doubt. He's going to grow and get bigger. But he, again... Definitely looked very, very, very impressive. But like in his, his start, game. his starting spot right now, like where he's like, it's not good. Like I just, I don't get it. I don't get it. My my money. My, by the way, um, plus five fifty to win rookie of the year for him. My money is on Ivy. I, I like Ivy. He's going to the Pistons. He's going to be playing with Kate Cunningham. Um, the don't two let, of them there in Knicks that backcourt. Don't let that too loud because, you know, all the Knicks fans wanted Ivy. So if he ends up winning Rookie of the Year, that's just going to be another guy that Knicks fans look at and say, this is a little different because the Knicks never really had the chance to get him. But before the draft, I talked to a lot of Knicks fans and a lot of people wanted them to trade up. So if Jaden Ivy wins, 
cover your ears, Knicks fans, because that's certainly another heartbreak right to the. That's who. That's who I. That's who I think. And and you could you could get him to win the uh, the the rookie of the year at eight to one. You know, I like him. That backcourt with him and Cunningham. You know, Cunningham will will you know make it make a uh, you know a move to the basket, dish it to Ivy. His skill set, athletic, long, um, can 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 attack the rim, can shoot really well, can shoot from three, and and they don't have Grant there anymore. So I think his opportunities, he's going to get a lot of opportunities there in Detroit. So um, so I, I I like Ivy, I like Ivy a lot. Um, you guys have one more because I, I've got one I want to I want to finish with. It's, we would love it's to off hear the beaten it. path. It's Let's not a, hear it. It's not a it's not a sports it's not a sports but this is trending. Get this. The Brits have developed the hangover pill. Have you heard wow. about this? No, well, the pack. Tell you, us it, more. It comes. It I comes in this little. It. it comes in. It comes. It comes in this little packet. It says nine a.m. Question mark. Not a big deal. So I'm just reading this straight from the article. It says the Brits don't mess around when it comes to drinking. Um, they. Uh, they. They. <laughs> again, I'm just. I, I want to go through this article and give you the the, the nuts and bolts and the in the nitty gritty. Um, so, uh, it only makes sense that a nation who's committed to drinking as much as the UK is, would be working hard on a cure for them, uh, for that messy aftermath. And so, uh, Merkel, I guess is the, is the, uh, company that, uh, is created, designed the pill. And what you do is you take it before you start drinking to prevent hangovers before they even start. So the pill claims to break down up to 70% of alcohol within 60 minutes and support energy levels that immunity and vitamins like B12. So, um, so yeah. So the Brits invented this hangover pill, and you take it before you start drinking, and it's um, and, and it claims to break down seventy percent of the alcohol within sixty minutes. Yeah, I, I don't. How about that? I don't think that's FDA approved yet, but they need to get that across the pond here immediately because not <laughs> not just the Brits can use that. I think there's a at least a decent chunk of people in America that could use that yeah. as well. Yeah, Anita, you know I just moved, and one of my roommates is actually my buddy from college who's from Ireland. He lived in Ireland his whole life. I don't think I've ever seen a human being drink so much Guinness in my life, so I'm going to let him know about this pill ASAP so when it comes to the United States, he can pick up as many packets as he needs. There you go. That's what's trending on top of the big news today, and, and I'm assuming you guys didn't mention it in the segment because we talked about it uh, at length earlier when we when we started in our first hour, and that is uh, the fact that Baker Mayfield has been traded to the Carolina Panthers in exchange for a fourth or fifth round pick, depending on his usage for Carolina this coming season. Also, Carolina only uh, responsible for five million dollars of his salary, where the Cleveland Browns are going to pay the remainder of the ten. Uh, he uh, ended his vacation early. And he's on his way to Carolina. I would imagine he's there already. It's 9 o'clock at night. He's got a physical tomorrow. He passes that physical. Um, all, all systems go um, for, uh, for that trade to go down. So, uh, and, and apparently reports are it's going to be a quarterback battle between him and Sam Darnold to see who's going to start for the Carolina Panthers this coming season. Probably uh, nothing more trending than that. Baseball action happening NBA free agency kind of coming to an end. We got the summer league happening. Still no resolution with Katie and Kyrie. We'll see what happens. Looks like the Nets are taking their time. Big trade that t- that went down today between Carolina and Cleveland. 
So Baker Mayfield on his way to, uh, to Carolina. But don't forget, there's still golf. It is a sport. Um, and we've got, uh, we've got all, the, all the fellas on the opposite side of the pond playing in the Scottish Open this week. And then, of course, we've got our last major of the season, and that is the Open taking place. And it's going to be a big one because Tiger Woods, it's Tiger it's at St. Andrews. It's Tiger Woods. It's the 150th. Uh, at St. Andrews, and it's Tiger Woods' favorite track in the whole world. And so I do want to dive into that. But before we do, um, John Radhouse is joining us here. You can see him all over um, the Caddy Network. It's it's a website that I frequent often. Uh, really great insight, really great stuff, especially folks out there that are huge golf fans. You like to watch golf. You like to gamble on golf. This is a great website for you to frequent. So um, so welcome in. How are you doing this evening? I'm good, Anita. It's good to talk to you again. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, just out of curiosity, um, I'm, I'm assuming you've been over to uh, Scotland. I'm, I'm assuming that um, you have taken in uh, what the, the the next two weeks are going to entail for a number of these guys. Correct? Well, Anita, I hope I don't I don't uh, lose my standing with you, but I have not. No, that's the one glaring. Uh, yeah, that's the one glaring uh, thing on my resume. I've not caddied an Open Championship. I will say, I have caddied an Irish Open on a Lynx golf course. So uh, that was at the legendary Le Hinch in 2019 with Seamus Power, and uh, Seamus is teeing it up in his first Open Championship uh, this year. So congrats to him. I did get a little bit of a flavor of it though that week, and so I have a bit of a understanding of, of the difference of Lynx golf versus kind of American golf, but that, that is it's never too late. I, I hope I get a caddy and open championship someday. <laughs> well, um, again, the next two weeks, um, our golfers are going to be over in, uh, in Scotland. They're playing in the Scottish open this week, which by the way, starts tonight. Eight, I say tonight, two fifteen AM will be the first tee time. So that's why I wanted to have John on the show uh, just to, to kind of get a jump start for some folks because you know, might not be aware. A lot of times, like we just assume, right? Like, oh, first tee, tee time is going to be like 6.30, 7 a.m. No, 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 no. It's going to start tonight at 2 a.m. 2.15 will be the first tee time. Um, I like Willie Z. I like Spieth as well. Spieth, he just loves playing over there. He likes Lynx courses. You know, he's got two top tens. He likes slower greens. Um, that's who I'm eyeing that I, I like to, to possibly win or, or finish in the top five and top 10. Uh, who do you like this week, John? You know, I happen to like Spieth as well. Um, you know, you're right. He kind of tends to come alive over there. There's not many Americans that can just jump over to the other side of the pond and come to life like he, he was able to do early in his career, and he's kind of sustained that in the Open Championship. Um, you know, Tom Watson comes to mind as another guy. Maybe the first trip over there, he didn't really like it, but he, he kind of learned to, to like it. And you have to have some element of creativity to thrive over there. I and mean, you've got so many different elements. And then you end up having to play the ground game a lot bit, a lot more and, and just show your creativity. So uh, I like both those calls by you. Um, you know, I think Justin Thomas is interesting to look at. You know, he played this golf course well last time around. And he's a guy that seems to play really well the week before a major championship. You know, a lot of guys, you know, you like to peak next week, uh, but he's not afraid to peak a week ahead. Phil Mickelson's a guy that comes to mind, you know, was not afraid to go out and win that tournament the week before. Now the odds on Justin are, are pretty short this week, so he's not a tremendous, you know, value. I mean, 
looking further down the board, I like Cam Smith. I know Cam Smith, somebody you've been big on uh, all season long, and so I, I see no reason why he can't play well this week. It's it's kind of more of a modern Lynx golf course. I think it's going to favor maybe a little bit more of the guys that hit it a little further, but and the, and the wind isn't supposed to be up the first couple of days. It might lend itself to a little bit more of a birdie fest. But at the top of the board, those are the guys I like. I've got about five more to throw at you that are kind of more middle tier. All right, and let's dive into those because I've got quite a few that I want to throw your way as well. And these are guys that I, I, I anticipate to finish in the top 20, and that's Ryan Fox. I'm, I'm looking at guys who play well on the DP World Tour, right? And that's Ryan Fox, Jordan yep. Smith. And you mentioned yep. an American who does well over there. And I, I came across this little nugget about Keith Smith, and that is um, – I'm sorry, Keith Mitchell. And that is uh, – number Keith one, Mitchell, as we know, he's, yeah. got, he's, got, he's got back-to-back top tens um, on the Canadian Open and the Travelers, so he's playing well right now. His sister went to school over there at St. Andrews, and his father is a member of St. Andrews, and he grew up spending a lot of time over there in Scotland. So I think Keith Mitchell could be a really sneaky good play to finish in the top 20. John, do you? I think that's incredible. He's on my list right here. Uh, Ryan Fox was on my list, and Keith Mitchell with that backstory and the top 10, the form coming in, and he's playing at maybe a place that, You know, there's four par fives out here at the Renaissance Golf Club. There's five par threes, kind of a unique setup, and it's not going to be super windy to start. Like, I mean, I could totally see Keith Mitchell. I don't know what his odds are at the top 20, but I would lock that up Plus 275. Yes, love it. Mm -hmm. Let's let's start our our two-week stretch off right with Keith. Uh, uh, You know, another guy that comes to mind that's probably not going to fly under the radar as much, but played well at the Irish Open uh, last week and has two top fives at the Scottish Open. At this same golf course is uh, Lucas Bear, Lucas Herbert, uh, the Aussie. Uh, his caddy's got one of the greatest beards in all of golf, <laughs> and, and he's played really well at this golf course before, and he's coming in in really good form. He's another guy on my short list. Um, I, is, is that how – so is, is it Herbert or is it Bear? How, how do we pronounce it? I, I've been – I don't know. I've I've heard both. I've been going a bear, but then he's Australian. He's not French, so I, I don't know. I mean, um, I, I'm I'm thrown. I'm thrown a little bit. <laughs> you and me both. John Madhouse joining us here. Just on ninety-eight point seven ESPN again. You can see his work all over uh, the Caddy Network. Go ahead. You said you have a few more. Go ahead. Well, okay, just lower down the board. I mean, two guys. Uh, Padraig Harrington is going off at 250 to one, and he's played this tournament well before. Padraig, winner of the U.S. Senior Open a couple weeks ago, uh, you know, made the cut at the Irish Open last week. Uh, played all right in the J.P. McManus Pro Am, that was an incredible uh, event the last two days, Monday and Tuesday. So I think you got to take a look at Padraig this week and next week too. And then I'll give you another one, a little inside info. I actually had a chance to caddy last week, Anita, at the John Deere Classic. I caddied for uh, Steven Yeager, uh, great player out of America, German-born. You know, he had his best ball-striking week of his career last week. He had his best driving week of his career last week. And he had his third-worst putting week of his career last week. And he ended up finishing tied for 30th at the John Deere Almost made a hole in one on Friday. It bounced out of the hole and out. And then on Sunday, he made an albatross, which I had never seen before. And last minute, he got into the Scottish Open. 
uh, and he's over there right now. I think you can get Jaeger at like 400 to one to win. You know, you might want to look at him for a top 20, uh, top 10 bet as well. That's some deep info there. I have a um, I, I have a match play event tomorrow morning at 7:30. You think you can jump on the next flight, come down here to uh, to New Jersey and caddy for me tomorrow morning? That would be fantastic. I don't, I don't know if there's flights leaving Omaha in time to get there, but I, anytime, anytime I can get out there and loop, I love it. It was so good to get out there last week and see my buddies and, and caddy some more. I'm hoping to do it a few more times this year, but it was an absolute blast. Uh, before I let you go, two, two, two hot topics I, I want to throw your way. Um, one is Tiger Woods yeah. getting, ready, getting ready to play in the Open uh, that takes place next week. Again, as we know, St. Andrews, his favorite course – period, bar none, in the world. Um, it's 150th. This is, going to be very, this is going to be a very, very special week for him. We saw him make the cut in uh, his two previous majors that he played, uh, but, but yeah. dwindled down on Saturday and Sunday just because too grueling and, and after the, the horrific car accident that he was in. What are your realistic expectations for Tiger Woods this, the, the, the following week, John? What are they? I think I think again to make the cut at this point is an incredible achievement for Tiger. I had a chance to talk to uh, Billy Foster, Matthew Fitzpatrick's caddy, the reigning U.S. Open champion, who's been a caddy for 40 years, and he told me just how amazing of an accomplishment it is that Tiger even made the cut at those first two events. And so you you got to keep that in mind. I mean, what he's doing right now is really incredible. Now you're going to get him on a flatter golf course one where maybe his course knowledge is going to come a little bit more unhandy. And so, you know, I'm sure he's a stronger Tiger Woods this time around. He's certainly determined. So, you know, making the cut uh, certainly would be an expectation. I know he's going over there to win. I think, you know, a top 10, a top 20 is, is a little bit of the ceiling, I would say, realistically on Tiger. Uh, but you never know with him, right? You don't. You never know, and, and especially as, as special of a tournament this is for him, um, I, I think it's going to be interesting. Uh, last thing for you, I, I've got to ask you: What are your thoughts about the live, the LIV, the fifty-four? Uh, from what I hear, what, from what I hear, there is a lot of caddies that are dying to go over there and caddy. I mean, <laughs> right? Like, like you know, yeah. you, you, free travel, five-star hotel. Um, you know, same yeah. percentages, more money, less work, less tournaments. Um, and, but, but, you know, what, what are your, what are, what are your thoughts about this live tournament, John? Yeah, I've been trying to stay in the middle a little bit more. I've got friends working on both tours. I've got, you know, a buddy of mine was on Charles Schwartzel's bag the first week out, went out and won $475,000. I mean, that's the biggest payday that any caddy's had in the history of golf, you know, other than a FedEx cup. And, and, you know, he's a hard worker. I'm happy for him. I'm happy for his family. Uh, I, there's some things about the live tour that I don't necessarily agree with personally. I do think that what they're doing is in the long run going to be good for the PGA tour, you know, and Phil Mickelson kind of prophesized that a little bit and we all thought he was blowing smoke, but it ends up being kind of real. I mean, the PGA tour has never been, more perked up to kind of make their product better on the fly. And you wish they were, you know, thinking about it sooner before now, but you know, it's going to be good for caddies. It's going to be good for players. It's going to be good for golf fans. I just hope that they don't cannibalize each other in the meantime. I do think Rory McIlroy's comments either from today or yesterday, and he's been kind of the leader of this whole thing, uh, at least from kind of the, the same viewpoint on the PGA tour side, 
Um, you know, he was just saying, like, that's fine. I think the competition's good. Uh, but he's saying, you know, you go play over on your tour. Don't expect to be able to mix it up on both tours. But maybe somewhere in the future, everybody can get to the, you know, to the table and negotiate a, a way forward. Um, right now, it's really strange time in golf. And that's why I was really fascinated by this J.P. McManus. Did, the PGA Tour, the DP World Tour, everybody was there once. You had both commissioners there. I mean, everybody was there except for Greg Norman. And, they, you know, were they breaking bread and trying to figure things out? And, and obviously next week at the Open is going to be a similar situation. I think next week is the biggest major championship of the 21st century, not only St. Andrews and all the history, but just where golf is right now currently. Uh, John, thank you so much for spending some time with us this evening. Really do appreciate it, uh, your insight, and, uh, and and hopefully we just gave uh, these listeners some winners heading into uh, tomorrow, tomorrow morning. Again, important to know, 2.15 a.m. is the first tee time because they are across the pond. John, thank you so much. Yes, thanks, Anita. You got it. John Rathaus joining us again, caddynetwork.com. Excellent website. I spend a lot of time on it. Trust me. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN.